Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome once again to Madam Perry's Salon. I am your hostess, your spiritual advisor, and groove mistress, Madam Perry. But you can call me Jan, Jennifer, Perry, JP. I'm just happy to have you here and happy that I'm here too with the show. Um, I want to say thanks to everyone who's been following, subscribing. I've noticed a big jump in subscribers on that. Apple Podcast. So thank you so much and for the reviews that you leave. One of the nicest things, and I know I mention this often, one of the nicest reviews, and I've gotten this several times, is when people say, if you listen, it might be somebody famous that you know, or it might be somebody you've never heard of. You know, it could be an actor, or it could be somebody from NASA JPL. Uh, but either way, it's always going to be interesting. And I'm forever grateful for that and for the people who listen and the people who come on the show. Uh, just to say, recently we had Elizabeth Lowell, and she is a space, uh, a, well, a space journalist, and she writes a lot for space.com and has several books about search for life on Mars, Why Am I Taller, which explains why astronauts come back from space a different size and she was so much fun and so also uh, coming up soon we're going to have science fiction author and costume maker um, I'm sorry Elizabeth Howell not Lowell Elizabeth Howell uh, was our space writer thank you Megan for texting me that uh, Megan's my producer who keeps me keeps me safe also, anyway, so when I was in uh, Wild Wild West Con, Steampunk Convention in Tucson back in March, I met Charles Mason, science fiction writer, and he makes costume, and he was in a Mandalorian costume he made himself. I've shared it on all of my social media already. Anyway, he's going to be on here soon in a couple of weeks. Plus, you know, we were going to have Kiff Vandenhuvel on a couple of months ago, and then that uh, – uh, and he got sick, but he's coming back. You know Kiff, he is a comedian, actor. He was an alumni of Second City Comedy Theater. You probably know him from uh, the show Young Rock. He plays the wrestler uh, Pat. Oh, gosh, now it's all escaping. This is why I should write these things down. Um, anyway, Kiff Vandenhuvel, American actor, director, and teacher of improv comedy, and he will be on here very soon. Um, so, hey, just pay attention to all the social media, and I'll share everything, or just subscribe. Now, tonight's guest, oh, my gosh, he's been on here before as a featured guest, and he was on here as a co-host with another musician, Ricky Bird, whom you probably know from uh, Joan Jet, Blue Oyster thing, uh, and everybody. <laughs> But this this particular musician, I am so excited to have him back on. It's been too long, but also he has an amazing story to tell. He has an incredible career, 
And then his life took some turns that none of us ever expect and usually don't want. Uh, but he came through it like the champ, like the rock star that he is. He's the co-owner of the Vault Recording, Recording Studios. He was inducted into the Georgia Music Hall of Fame with the band Driving Crying. And he knows everybody, but even more, everybody knows him. Uh, the book is called East of the Sun, Memoirs of an Accidental Rock Star, which means that the author, my guest, is none other than the amazing Joey Huffman. Joey, welcome back to the Genie Bottle. Hey, how are you doing? I, I am doing great, and I am so psyched to have you here. I really am. I I just uh, devoured your book in about three days, and it, well, it is one is wild good. ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I it you know, and a- and it's, I don't even know where to start. But you've been not just living, since this is a memoir, but you've been working on this book for quite a while. And I started man, out oh writing man. Up. I Go started ahead. out writing, writing like little stories on Facebook and, and posting them, and a lot of people liked them, including Jeff Clark, who mentioned me in, in uh, his, his magazine, Stomp and Stammer. And uh, that got my publisher interested, and five years later, we got a book out. Wow. Yes, I remember reading some of those and just thinking, like, uh, thinking of, oh, definitely you put the stories together and shared them. And uh, I'm so glad that after all that, you finally had time to, to put them all in the book and get it published. And I know it's published through, um, I want to say through Blue Room Blue Books Room. and to, yeah, Blue yeah. Room Books of Decatur, Georgia. It's a pu- publisher, and just thrilled to have it. I don't know where to begin with your story. Uh, you've had lots of ups and downs in your career, like a lot of people do, but yours, most people's ups and downs don't include everything from uh, um, going on the road, your first road gig being, excuse me, road gig being with uh, Keith Richards, to ending up in a, a cage and a space helmet like uh, Major Tom for... Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> are, are you still there? Okay, Joey? Okay, let's go back and get Joey again. I think he just kind of slipped away from me for a second. Um, you're going to love this book, though, folks. I am not kidding. So we're going to give Joey a call back, see if we can bring him back in the studio. Anyway, the book is called Memoirs, uh, excuse me, it's called East of the Sun, Memoirs of an Accidental Rock Star. And while we're getting him back in here, I want to tell you, his first job, he was working as a, a tech with Keith Richards. And the expensive winos. He's played with and toured with Isaac Hayes, driving and crying. The number you have reached is not in service. This is a recording. Uh, okay, well we'll we'll move on from that. Uh, driving and crying, Soul Asylum, the Hellhounds, the Georgia Satellites. Uh, as I said before, um, Isaac Hayes, Izzy Stradlin. 
just about 20. Did I say driving and crying? I think I did that earlier. I mean, he's played with everyone, everywhere. And uh, there he is. There you are, Joy. Glad I to have you my back. Phone, my phone is haunted. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> somebody just started talking. Hey, how you doing? And I thought it was a phone call on the show. And I said, nothing. I'm just watching the Adams Family with the sound turned down and doing an interview. <laughs> and I realized I wasn't on the show. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, Joey, only in your world, Joey. I know. Could that happen that's, that's and be life. believable? That's my life. That's my life. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've begun to think that you've got some kind of special. Ch- Special magic came to Earth with. <laughs> I'm a I'm a magnet for lost souls. I'll get phone calls at three and four in the morning, and I'll answer them and talk to them. And and I've got a, a few friends that do that. And sometimes they're a little bit tipsy, and sometimes they're a little bit sad. But I talk to them, and 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 uh, and mm-hmm. it turns out all right. Oh. So, just a good listener, a life coach? Um, all of the above. <laughs> yes, I, I remember. Go ahead. I've got a friend named Izzy, Izzy uh, Miller, and uh, he's a little bit younger than me, and he he starts doing things, and I'll tell him not to do that. That that, that, won't, that won't be any good. <laughs> says, I'm here to be your Jesus. I've already went through that <laughs> for you, for you, so you don't have to do that. <laughs> That's, you know, I've read your book. Yeah. That sounds totally legit. I hope they listen to you. I hope, I hope Izzy Miller listens to you. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's a hard road, but don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, And if you don't believe it, read the book. So I've got in my hand Joey Huffman, East of the Sun, Memoirs of an Accidental Rock Star. This book covers, it looks like several lives at one time. And you've got um, exciting stories. You've got some stories that are sad. Uh, You've got funny stories in here, too. And my God, like I said, you've been all around the world with so many people. Uh, and I was uh, sharing recently a um, video, I shared on social media, a video of you playing on stage. Uh, it was a Hank Williams Jr. tribute, but you were playing, and they got a, they got a lot of good um, shots over to your face, much handsomer than Steven Tyler, but uh, yeah. yeah. That was good, but we're going to get yes. to that one later because that's a, there's a funny story in that that you shared before that I want to mention later. But where, where do you want to start? You want to talk about when you first, that first uh, the story you opened the book with where you get that call to come down to the Fox Theater? Oh, that was that was one of the first, me walking with, the, me working with Keith Richards as Ivan Neville's keyboard tech. And uh, they called me down to uh, Lakewood where they were rehearsing, and 
wanted me to work on Ivan's stuff to to get it playable. He didn't know how to do MIDI uh, things, and so I set his I set his um, uh, rig up to do MIDI, and he had all he had to do was press a button, and he'd be ready for that song, and he'd press another preset and be ready for the next song, and uh, he was very thrilled by it, and I got a job because of it. I went out on the road with Keith Richards for a couple of months, and me being a fan of Keith Richards, it was just so exciting, and uh, I loved it. And he's such a sweetheart. You know, working for him was easy. You know, I always get that feeling. You know, sometimes they say, you know, the expression "Don't meet your heroes" or uh, so forth, but I've always got the feeling that he is just a guy that just kind of rolls. Um, doesn't doesn't hold a grudge, just just rolls with everything and goes forward. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that lets things happen to him. Where Mick, where Mick, on the other hand, has an agenda and follows it, and <laughs> and you know has a date book, and you know he's very organized. But Keith just lets life happen to him, <laughs> and he hasn't done too bad, has he? Yeah, he's happy. So let me ask you this. So then you, I mean, the way it starts off is you get a call to come that somebody knows, people know you. I mean, I'm a native Atlanta. I know people know you. And so, of course, somebody like that needs help. They're going to, you know, okay, who is your go-to guy in this town? And I'm sure you're probably um, on a short list. (laughs) it, It was Debbie Davis who sang in my band Witness. She was the runner for the uh, runner for the the rehearsals, and she heard them talking that they needed somebody to work on the keyboards, and she told them my name, and gave them my number, and they called me, and I went down there, not knowing what to expect, but <laughs> as in most things in my career, I've said I can do that, not knowing whether I can or not. You know, so many people I've heard uh, in books just say that that's where it happens. It's just saying yes. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that I can't do. (laughs) You know, if if I didn't know it, I'd figure it out and and get it right. Uh, But, you know, luck luck has a lot to do it, too. You know, uh, I was in the right place at the right time so many times. I call myself the Forrest Gump of Brock. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so, uh, so for that you also, yeah, you do also explain that in the book as well, uh, how many ways and times you consider yourself the Forrest Gump of Rock. Yeah. I think Izzy the, Miller, he wrote the Ford. Mm-hmm. He called me the Forrest mm-hmm. Gump of Rock and the Ford. <laughs> yes, he did. He wrote a great forward for the book. And, you know, the um, <laughs> i got to say, too, um, even though there's a lot of places in here where you said situations, you know, for you were like all about me, 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 and people talk about, you know, rock stars and egos. But i got to say, um, I think you were, you were a very giving person. Because when you were out there, and even though it was a job, and I think that's why people 
love so much to work with you. you you're supremely talented. There's no there's no doubt about that. But there are talented people that nobody wants to work with, you know. And you just made yeah. it so easy. I was I was a fan. You know, I was working with people I, I I was a fan of, and and that made it so so much more. I was honored to be out with them, and 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 I was such a fan of the bands that I played with. It was fun, and and I had a great time. You know, the Georgia Satellites and Driving and Crying. You know, the hometown bands I played with that 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 was great, and then. Soul Asylum and Matchbox 20 when they were on their way up, you know, it was it oh, was a yeah. real thrill. Oh, I, where I was going with too was that was that uh, I think that you've been very, you know, you're modest about that first story because it what it sounds like is that you just called in to do one thing and then they made you stay to do something else because they were so impressed with what you did so efficiently and precisely and quickly and with a good attitude. And then they made you stay again, and it sounds like they just – this first thing with, with Keith Richards and the expensive winos, uh, they just wouldn't let you go. No, they, they kept decided... going to come back the next day, <laughs> and, and I would. And it was Tony Russell. It was Tony Russell. He was the tour manager, and uh, he kept saying, well, come back tomorrow. And finally he offered me a job. It was, it was really weird. And and – the weirdest, another weird thing was when I got off that tour and came home, I was home one day and Izzy Stratham was playing the center stage and I had my gear delivered there and played. I didn't even take my suitcase out of the car and oh. uh, <laughs> went, went down there and played the center stage and he took me to the office and offered me a job and I said, I'll do it, you know, for X amount of dollars. And, and, uh, <laughs> He said, you're hired, and I put my suitcase on the bus and rode to Memphis, and my wife was pissed. <laughs> oh, she, no. didn't, she didn't get to see me any at all, and it was it was uh, crazy. <laughs> well, that, that, that's, just, that's a pretty just, rough. Yeah, I just felt that he was going to hire me, and he did. Was that uh, what, what Juju Hounds? Yes, that was the Juju Hounds. Mhm. Wow, that's got to be fun. Um, <laughs> and another friend of yours, Rick Richards, also didn't he also play with Izzy at some point? Yeah, he played with Izzy, and yeah. I played with him in the Satellites. We're good uh-huh. friends. I love yeah, him to death. He was. I don't know if you ever seen. There's a, a little uh, little picture on my Facebook page where it's so. Uh, when I had a, a public access TV show back in the ninety late eighties and through the nineties. Yeah. And I think it was for my second show. It's the Ricardos. Do you oh, remember yeah. them? Rick and Rick. A yeah. Rick and B Rick. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a picture with me with the Ricardos there. Um, Absolute sweethearts. So, so they wouldn't let you go. They adopted you. Um, I would say kidnapped you, but they fed you, you know, and paid you. So that's yeah. not really kind of a kidnap. Oh yeah, no, it was great. But, but your but your wife must have felt like you had run away or been kidnapped. Yeah, I, I know. I, starting from that, I was uh, out on the road, maybe ten 
10 months out of the year for a long time. And that kind of, that kind of, you know, I kind of lost, got lost in the marriage and got lost in the, in the touring. And Mm. I probably lost my marriage because of that. But that that's the sad part of it. That is a heartbreaking part of it too. And I hate to see that. Yeah. But, and I know you did too, you know, um, of course with, with, I told you when my husband used to travel, sometimes he would be gone like between, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight months out of the year, maybe within three trips. I always considered, I always said it felt more like an affair than a marriage, so I was cool. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that keeps it interesting, you know. (laughs) I'd come home and my wife would, I'd come home and my wife had moved the furniture around and, and everything, and it would it would like disorient me. I didn't know where was what, and uh, you know it's just like coming home to a strange place. You probably need to have it decorated like or, or you know like a, a hotel room so you could walk in in the dark and oh, know which yeah. way you were headed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I was kidding about getting a hotel room so for about a week. So I could like uh, simmer down and get used to get used to being back home. Was it like an like an astronaut astronaut uh, depressurizing or something? Yeah, yeah, depressurized. De- yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, or whatever the term is. De- decompress. Okay, so then you're heading out of there. Uh, Starting off, then come back, and then like immediately you're off with Izzy Stratt. I mean, come on, honey. You know this is like and, stuff and, that people and, dream of. And then, and then I went to Soul Asylum. Oh my gosh! Right after, right after Izzy Stradlin. Both of these bands I opened for Keith, and I played with them both on the Keith tour. I sat in with them both, and then I ended up playing with them afterwards. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. Now that's what I called um shopping. Yeah, that was because, great. <laughs> because I you know, I had a uh a, a jazz band for a couple of decades and worked a lot and that's what I would do. I would go out and see other bands just to shop for musicians with if mine was on the road with somebody else, then I had to go shop for a replacement. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's what they were doing. They were going, oh, all these people Keith's got with them. Yeah, I'm gonna. T- I'll take him. I'll yeah. take the guy with the dark my, hair. Yeah. My fr- my friend uh, Jim Sullivan, who is merch guy for Keith and merch the merch guy for Solo Asylum, he was talking me up and I didn't even know it. And uh, he said, Joe, you want to play Saturday Night Live with Solo Asylum? And I said, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. And he said, they want you to play with them on stage. This is in Philadelphia. It started at Tower Theater. And, uh, and you know, they, they called over and talked to Sully, and Sully said, they want you to play with them in soundcheck. I said, Sully, one of these days, these guys are going to have to talk to me in person, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, that's that that's in the book too, yeah. So talk yeah, I wanted to ask you, 
tell me about that. I mean, all of a sudden, these people have never talked to you, but you're going to play with them as part of the band on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I mean, they talked to me by then. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, by then. <laughs> but, but you know, their they're, they're tour manager, Bill Sullivan, who also tour managed the uh, replacements, really good tour manager. And uh, he, uh, he kept me informed and kept me uh, in the loop. And uh, I didn't know, you know, I knew what to do and what to expect beforehand. And it was easy. But tell us how fun it was. I mean, I know you talked about the blocking. They did the camera blocking from every angle forever and ever. And what was it like in front of the yard? I mean, because this is something you've, you know, everybody's watched on TV. Yeah. And now it's you know you. what? You can only see the first 30 rows. And then the lights make it make it e- not, not easy to just see out that far. So... It really wasn't disturbing or anything. Plus, I, I, I it, it's personal for me, so I, I'm thinking about what I'm doing, and and sometimes I look up and look at the crowd. But you know, I get I get involved in what I'm doing, and uh, it, it's kind of personal for me. Ah, oh. can you feel that? Um... If you're watching other musicians play, can you feel if they feel the same way that it's personal for them when they play? I I don't know. I I don't think it's quite as personal. Some people for some people, and then for some people, I think it's personal. Uh, um, you know, some people are outgoing. I'm 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 kind of shy, and and it's it's hard for me. But uh, I have this, you know, reptilian brain that tells me to run until I hit the stage and hit the riser, and the first I hit the first note and then it's gone. It's all gone. Uh-huh. I'm I'm ready to play. Uh-huh. But right before the show, I'm it says run like hell. Phone, uh-huh. not friend. <laughs> This is so hard to imagine, and I'm sure a lot of people go through that, but it's just so hard to imagine when you see somebody on stage with this every chance they thought about running. Uh, so Soul Asylum, you traveled, you did some global traveling with them, touring, right? Oh, yeah. We we went around the world twice, I think, with them. Um, and I love them to death, and I wish I could still play with them, but you know they can't afford me. And <laughs> Dave's the only one of the Dave's the only one in the band now. Uh, I went in 2016. I went and sat in with the band at, at Masquerade and uh, played the whole show with them. I, I I learned the new songs and played the whole show with them. I loved it. Wow. Okay. Let Let me just take a second here and say. Okay, when you were a kid, because I remember the first time you were on, you were talking about uh, your parents paid for you to take piano lessons, and then you decided, 
heck, you could do this on your own and pocket the money. Okay, so by then, I think you, in your soul, you knew where you were going with life. But yeah. did, did you think when you started playing with bands like this that you would say, well, go from the moment of, ah, what a great job, I'm here, I'm doing this, and they, well, they can't afford me now. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a drag. You know, I would work for <laughs> a lot less than they think I would work for just to be on the road and just to be uh, playing. But I have a studio. It's Soapbox Studios now. It's not the vault. And it's oh, out. okay. And, Sorry. Uh, um, I can't remember the, where it is. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, oh. Now, how am I going to send it's, people there? It's outside Atlanta towards Dallas. And it's okay. got a, a, a 3D... We do 3D uh, uh, holograms. We have 600 cameras in a round room with a green screen. You can put anything on that and and make them look like they're anywhere. And uh, um, Buddy Guy has already called, come up and done the done the um, uh, 3D thing. And Billy Gibbons is coming in. <gasps> yeah. And, oh, uh, my gosh, I'm looking at it now. Soapbox.us, folks. Soapbox.us. I'm looking at it now with Buddy Guy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And right now you have to have the goggles to see it in 3D, but you can walk around them, walk behind them. You can look over the, you can look over the neck and see what they're playing. It's, uh, it's really amazing. Amazing, uh, you know, and we have the studio there. And, of course, I get to get in at night and record like a rock star records from midnight to 12 noon, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's when that's when rock and roll happens. Yes, it does. That's when the time is right, into the night. Okay, so, yeah, let me, um, yeah, soapbox.us. Atlanta yeah. area volume volumetric capture and full audio recording studio. Wow. Yeah. Dang. The studio is almost ready to record bands. We've got to get my B3 there, my organ. It's still where the vault was. <laughs> and we got to get some big guys to carry it because it's, uh, it's uh, heavy. And Kevin has to eke out the room a little bit more, you know, to try to make it, uh, you know, uh, not certain frequencies don't, you know, pop out uh, unwanted frequencies and trying to get the room flat, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, he's, he's taking his time. He's a little deliberate about it to say it nicely. <laughs> this is just, this is just magnificent, uh, folks. If anybody is planning to do some serious recording, yeah, I'm this looking is place for to hit. yeah, I'm looking for young songwriters or or, or middle aged songwriters <laughs> or old songwriters that want to have their stuff produced and uh, and uh, you know. With the real with the real producer and uh, stuff, or I'll just you know I'll just engineer and record if I have to. But I like to produce. I like to produce 
coming up, artists coming up. See if I can help them out. Oh, that's great. So, well, before we move on, let, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read this, a few lines off the website. It says 3D Capture Studio, 12 pod, 48 camera, 4D views, Hollis's capture system, capture zone measuring up to 16 feet in diameter, private artist suite, 65-inch TV, kitchenette, full bath, including makeup station, video control room with 65-inch display, and fully integrated Recording studio, including audio control, Studio B, isolation rooms. Wow. All right, folks. Yeah. And, yeah. All right, Joey. Dang. That's serious. Yeah, that is pretty serious. Uh, I can't wait to be involved in it. You know, I'm going to bring in people I know, uh, you know, try to get Rob Thomas and Dave Perner in there, trying to get Hank in there. If he knows Buddy Guy did it, he'll be able to do it. And uh, <laughs> other 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 people I've worked with, you know, try to get in there would be good. I'm sure he'd do it for you, or just to be there with you. All right, so tell me uh, before we get on to the to the part about your because um, we can't leave out the part about your space helmet. And uh, yeah. gamma knives. I wanted to say too, watching that video from uh, the Hank Jr. thing, you told us a story. And oh, and by the way, this is a good time to say if you're listening to the live show, you know, afterwards, we, this is on just about every podcast app that's out there. You can catch this show and catch a replay. However, if you're listening to the live show, and this is April 17th, 2023, at 8.34 p.m., what's this, GMT minus 5, 4. Uh, anyway, Eastern, if you have a question for Joy or want to say hello or talk to him or ask about the book, uh, the number is 646-716-9922. That's 646-716-9922. Uh, want to say hey to, my, to our mutual friend Delia, who's out in L.A. listening right now. Hey, Delia. Yeah, she's she's the head of uh, publishing publishing at uh, Disney. So yeah, she's got herself a good job. Oh yeah, she's fantastic, and uh, a lot of other people listening live tonight. If you want to call in and say, you know, it's a joy, give us a ring six four six seven one six nine nine two two. And for people, uh, Joey, I don't know if if. Uh, if you remember back before your music career, this probably never happened to you. But for people who maybe they're at a day job or someplace where they've got to be quiet and can't make a phone call, you can also message in a question to me on Facebook, either through Jennifer Maudette Perry or through Madam Perry Salon. Or so. call me in the middle of the night. <laughs> Joy, up all night, Huffman. So... The collector was the magnet for lost souls. Yeah, magnet for lost souls. I also okay. want to mention that that they can get the book. Uh, Google East of the Sun, Joey Huffman, and uh, it'll come up with a link at Amazon, and you can click on that link, and you can link and not link link, and uh, and it'll take you right to where to buy the book. It'll take you right to the page. And for people 
who can't uh a lot of people listen when they're driving or when they're jogging yeah. and stuff. So just in case you're doing that, you can't write it down, remember <laughs> I will always share all of this information, not only the mat on all my social media, not just for Madame Perry's salon, but also on uh, my personal or for my business social media, I will share where to get oh, Joey's book and where to find out. So you don't have to worry about uh, writing it down while you're driving or remembering it. Also, okay, I've got a message coming here from a guy named Peter. Uh, he's an animator in Chicago. And Peter has a question. Uh, he said, okay. I have a question. Does he have a spinal tap moment? Uh, I sure did. Um, with Michelle Malone and Drag the River, we had the spinal tap on, on the bus, and we were with Arista Records at the time, and Arista Records didn't really know how to promote a rock band. So we're out on the bus, and we're watching it, and we watched it, and it started getting too close to the bone. <laughs> it started seeming like us, and, you know, we're going to play with the puppets. When we got to California, you know, we were playing with the puppets and stuff. It was, it was pretty rough. It wasn't funny anymore. It was too much of a documentary on it. What, 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 what do you mean playing with the pup? What? Well, I mean, that was Final Tap's lowest moment when they played with the oh, puppets. Okay, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. How and, can I forget? <laughs> and, and and they got the, but they got the bigger bigger dressing room. <laughs> so bigger dressing room than the puppets. <laughs> oh Lord, Michelle Malone, I uh, uh, she was so much fun. She was on my TV show once, and she was just fantastic. She's, she's great. I love her to death. You know, she calls me sometimes. I call her sometimes just to touch base. And uh, although there'll never be any more shows, um, Michelle Malone uh, uh, and Drag the River reunion shows because Billy Pitts passed away last year. And I know. that was hard on us all. Um, God bless him. And, I know. Um, I, that was hard on all of us. Yeah, that that was a shock and very sad. You know, I don't know if you saw, but after that, I posted a uh, a picture of uh, it was a, a sort of a sitcom show that I did, an episode of my show, and it was myself and uh, another woman. We were like teenage girls dreaming about our rock stars we had a crush on, and then we yeah. actually get to meet them, and they're not what we expect, and they were played by Chris Edmonds. Billy Pitts, and who else? It might have been Victor Varner, Bruce, though. I'm not sure. Bruce Smith. Wasn't Bruce, Bruce Smith? Smith. Yes, yes, you do. Yeah. Bruce is very talented uh, musically, and he's got a really good TV personality. He's Oh, he's, he does. He comes off great. He does, and when he had that big, you know, the, the, the big hair, and then I had there was a famous drag queen in Atlanta. I don't know if you ever know Char- uh, not Charlie Brown, but um, Lily White. Yeah. 
and because I had them play mother and son. Right. And we we shot that in the uh, Cavern Club. Oh wow! I remember it's like that she'll... place. Yeah, I know uh, you. <laughs> I used to play there every Sunday night with the Hellhounds. It was yeah. fun. Sometimes uh, yeah. we wouldn't even play the club until until the sun was coming up. That's that's a very bad feeling going home when the sun's coming up. You know, all, <laughs> all these people are coming to work and you're driving home. You feel like God's flashlight is is shining <laughs> on you. God's flashlight. You are such a poet. You are such a good writer. You have to write more. Uh, you've got to have another book and another book coming after this. You are so good at this. Uh, yeah, that was uh, – yeah, and then so that was the the mother son, and then we had Chris Edmonds doing the Eddie Haskell part as the as his friend, but uh, but yeah, Billy was great, uh, and and he's definitely be missed. What a what a guy. Uh, so let's go to okay, actually let's stop just for a moment. Um, I need to stop for just a minute. Going to play something, and then we're going to be right back with more Joey Huffman. And yeah, text me a message. Give us a call. Six four six seven one six nine nine two two. This man's got so many stories to tell. You're going to love this, and uh, you're not going anywhere. Are you? He doesn't buy. I'm not going anywhere. I don't buy. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. A couple of messages and we'll be back in about a minute and a half. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic, I, I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out that was a good thing was the Madame Paris Salon. I mean, this podcast, right? When you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh. When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, she's going to an interview. And I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? (sighs) What a day. I just need some me time for once. Yes, perfect. I got the new bath bombs today. Peach and clove, here we come. Mim and the Anvil makes the best smelling herbal blends of bath bombs. You can order loose or ground herb, added buttermilk, extra large, even ones with hidden gifts inside. There are over 25 essential oil varieties. After today, my body definitely needs some spiritual nourishment and lots of fizz. Her metaphysical blends are soothing in more ways than one. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. Make time for yourself. There are over 100 herbal blends of bath bombs. Keep a healthy body and mind. Feed your soul. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. If you don't make time for yourself, no one else will. All right, back here with accidental rock star Joey Huffman, uh, musician and author. Uh, his new book is 
East of the Sun, Memoirs of an Accidental Rock Star. It's from Blue Room Books. You can get it off Amazon. And he'll probably be, or not probably, he is doing some live events uh, where you can meet him. He can talk, tell you stories, and you get your book autographed. I have a question from Mary Hooper. Okay. And she said, question for Joey. What band do you wish you could have played with, and why? That I didn't play with. Um, mm-hmm. One that I didn't play with. Um, Elvis Costello. I'd love to play with Elvis Costello, because I love Ooh, Elvis Costello. Yeah. The Stones, I used to think I wanted to play with them, but I've realized what kind of stress that would be, and... Uh, you know, I, I don't think I want to do it anymore. <laughs> it's uh, It would just be stressful. It would just be too, way too stressful. Um, Tom Petty would have been, been another band that I, I'd like to play with. Oh, the all right. Oh, yeah. And Ian McClagan was one of my, uh, one of my influences. I hated it when he passed away, and then Bobby oh. King passed away the next day, the next day, and it was just all horrible. Ian McLoggin, um, you know, we met him at. He think he played at the Five Spot in Atlanta once, not too long before he died. Yeah. And, oh, honey, that was fantastic. Um, all right, Mary Hooper, thank you so much. Question, and I've got a call here for you, Joey. Okay. Hi. Welcome to Madam Perry's Salon. Come on in and say hi to Joey Huffman. Hello, Joey Huffman. You recognize my voice, I'm sure. Um, uh, I wanted to tell you I'm Joey's publisher, and I wanted to make a point. <laughs> All right, Angela. Okay. Yes. Um, he wrote his whole whole book, and... There's a there's a lot of people who get ghostwriters, and the voice the voice of the person telling the story is lost. But we kept Joey's voice. In fact, we wanted to publish him because his voice was so unique. So the thing that we did was mostly just to you know double check dates and names and uh, stuff like that. But his voice. It's not what you would typically think of from a, a, a rock and roll book, you know, this telling in in a way that almost you don't even know who the person is telling the story. You're going to know Joey when you finish reading the book. He is, he's got this, he's just got this way of telling a story that I could not have come up with, you know. And okay. I, I just wanted to tell everybody that right there. So he wrote it. So there you go. Okay, and this is Angela Durden, owner of Blue Room Books and a journalist herself. And um, I am so grateful that you called because, yes, uh, you're right. It is Joey's voice is kept. It's it's authentic. It is. It's very authentic. And he, he, you know – the, the the rock and roll world and the lifestyle, um, 
you you buy one of those books and you expect to hear all the the gory details mm-hmm. of the parties, blah blah blah. And those things existed, but his how he threw all of that and how he process, processed all that information and those experiences in his brain is is a joy to read, just a joy. So um, I just wanted to say that publicly and loudly as possible, and I will let y'all get back to your um, your interview now. Hey, we are so glad you called, Angela. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. You're Thank welcome, you. Joey. Love you. Angela, all right, it's going to be a big hit, okay. Angela. Yay. Bye, y'all. All right, bye. bye-bye, sweetie. All right. So uh, still here with Joey Huffman. Well, that was a cool call. Um, 646716. She said the things I couldn't say. My... Go ahead. She what? I said she no, told I... parts that I couldn't tell. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I can't talk about myself that way. <laughs> okay. And folks, there are some things you're going to get from me just enough to, uh, so you make sure you go and get the book. And then some things you've got to have to get out yourself. And it's a, this book is full of real life. And it's beautifully done. Um yeah, that was good to have Angela call. Uh, so, and again, yeah, Joey Huffman, East of the Sun, Memoirs of an Accidental Rock Star, Blue Room Books. Now, I'm going to just, just, just for the people, just for the people, I'm going to flip through a few of the titles so I can give you all uh, a little bit extra here. Uh, Hanging with Bono, uh, see Dublin, Ireland. Ah, I'm just going to flip through. Uh, Keith Richards Chronicles, and that's four different sections of Keith Richards Chronicles. <laughs> Each one better than the last than the one before. Uh, stories of, I uh, see, Atlanta Coca-Cola Music Awards. Oh, yeah, great story about that when you were inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame. Let's see, rock stars waiting in Cannes. Um, oh, you got great pictures in here, too. Let's see. The White House. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We didn't even mention how you rifled uh, Vice President Al Gore's office. Yeah. And Stephanopoulos was showing us around. He was our uh, he was our tour guide and George Stephanopoulos. And uh, <laughs> he he's the one that took us to Al Gore's office. And he was laughing so hard that we were. But we were pilfering, pilfering Al Gore's office. We took stationery. We, we took pens. We took things that weren't nailed down. And Stephanopoulos was just getting the biggest kick out of it in the world. <laughs> you know, I remember back then, uh, uh, see, on the TV show, uh, President Clinton referred to George Stephanopoulos that he looked like an unholy angel. Apparently, he lived it, too, uh, especially with people like you guys around, let you trash. I mean, come on. Here's, here's, here's another thing. Did you ever think as a kid you'd be traveling with Keith Richards? Did you ever think no. you'd be rifling through the vice president of the United States office? Okay. No. <laughs> I could never dream of that. That's, I mean, that's and, just too wild. 
And I don't mean like January 6th when they went through and just went through stuff. I'm talking about you were invited and had permission. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm surprised I cleared the, uh, you know, the, the, where you, where they put you through the, uh, um, um, Crap. Do they have a background uh, check or something, or? Back, back yeah. I was so... Okay, I, th- I think you kind of slightly dropped out on me again, Joey. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. There you are. Okay. Somebody was calling, and uh, I. Okay, I a lot you... of people have been calling. <laughs> well, they could call here. All your friends could call here and say hello to you. Um, I know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I thought maybe you would stop to time travel to some of these places while we were talking. But okay, but I'm glad you're, you stayed here with me. Hey, then uh, with all these adventures, then you start getting a headache all the time. Yeah. yeah, it was slow. It was slow building up, but... Um, you know, I got to the point where I asked my girlfriend, Kim, to take me to the hospital, to the emergency room, that I was really in pain. And they did an MRI and said that I had a brain tumor. And it was called a swanoma, and it was on my trigeminal nerve. And that's what was causing all the pain, something called trigeminal neuralgia. And... uh I got put on pain pills and I was out of it. And uh, the um, uh, Atlanta, the the, um, Health Alliance in Nashville helped me get insurance. And my friend Val, Val King, she Mm -hmm. was he was my angel. She she did everything that the that the uh, uh, they didn't do in Nashville. And she t- stayed with me and would talk to me. And most of the time I was asleep because the pain pills. I was on 30 milligrams of uh, oxycodone four times a day and uh, ended up getting, you know, pretty much ended up getting hooked on those. But I uh, weaned myself off of them. I just started taking half of what I was supposed to take. And, uh, and it, I was off of it was like a Percocet a day and a Percocet every day of the day and then I just quit and didn't have any didn't have any uh, withdrawal or anything. I was out with Hank five five weeks later after I had my surgery. That's amazing. It's amazing to me that you know you it seemed like you took the lead in that and and trying to uh, taper off. I was in the doctor's, the pain doctor's office, and uh, I looked around, and a lot of these people weren't there because of their pain. A lot of people were there for their, for their, uh, you know, pain pills, that they they were hooked. And I told Val, I said, don't ever let me get this way. And Mm -hmm. after the surgery... I said, well, I'm just going to take it for a while. And she said, no, you're not. <laughs> you asked me, <laughs> you know, you're going to start getting off of this now. And so I, she did what I held her, held her to do. 
and uh, yeah. and I got I got the uh, diagnosis in September 2013. I mean, and uh, I didn't get my thir- surgery till January 7th, 2014. So I was I was in a lot of pain, like an ice cream headache that wouldn't go away. And the um the um the the medicine helped. They knocked it down to like a three or two. So you know, there there's a there's a lot to the story and they didn't get all the they didn't get all the uh, the tumor because it went down behind my eye and uh I had to get that fixed with cobalt radiation. And that's when they put the halo on me and screwed it in with like what dry. I said drywall screws. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting thing. When they went back for the second part, um, because they didn't get everything, they didn't want to take a chance on damaging uh, the area around your eyes or and affecting your vision. So they went back with the second, which is... Let's see, you've dropped out on me just for a second, Joey, so I'm going to talk about it till you come back. Um, this was called the... Uh... I'm muted. I'm muted. Okay, I'm, all right. It's, it's hard to talk on my phone. It's haunted. Dang, Joey. <laughs> okay, so... When they go back in with this, they have to use a laser, the gamma knife surgery, and of course... Being the accidental rock star that you are, uh, you don't just have gamma knife surgery. You have it with the doctor that helped invent it. Invented it. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what would we expect for you, Joey? You've been around the now? world. For the, no, I'm saying, what would we? What else could we expect? You've been around the world playing with some of the top musicians in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Georgia, uh, Saturday Night Live. You've been everywhere in front of thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. So naturally, you wouldn't have just any doctor. You would have the doctor that invented it. Yeah, because you're Val the accidental rock star. Yeah, Val was uh, was uh, and had a lot to do with getting the right doctor and he studied my studied my chart very carefully and didn't want to let me lose any uh, of my capacity and uh, that gamma knife surgery was you know the halo finally when they gave me about three times because I have a high tolerance when they gave me mm-hmm. like three times the the normal dose of pain kill, killer I, 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 it was all right and uh, but they had to take me in and do an MRI on me, and then I, I sat around while they plotted where they were going to put the cobalt radiation, and then I had to go back in, and I was in there for an hour and forty minutes while the cobalt radiation was put there, and uh, they got it all. It, it worked perfectly. Uh, I, I had to take an MRI for the first five years and now only take one every other other year and uh, it, it looks good it, you know it got it it's not growing well 
We are grateful for that, as I know you are and all your friends, everybody that loves you. And also, yeah, this is a nice time, since you've mentioned uh, Val twice, to give a shout-out to your very good friend, Val King. I mean, you said she's like a yes, sister definitely. to you. And, uh, yes, she is. Uh, so uh, it's good. It's good. I think you do try to keep good people close to you. That's one thing I've definitely picked up on in the book. You keep good people close to you. And and your buddy Val. And I'm lucky to have him. I'm lucky to have him. You know, again, luck plays, you know, luck plays its hand and and I, I get a good one. So when, uh, and, and there's a picture in here too because it's so amazing. When you went to the gamma surgery, there was the, uh, the, it's like you said, like an aluminum cage they put on your head. <clears throat> they called it pins. You said it looked more like drywall screws. Dang. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the, um, like the round, like a fishbowl on your head yeah. on top yeah. of that. Yeah, I know, that to keep my head from moving, you know, because I couldn't move at all. So they could get pinpoint where where. Where the cobalt radiation was was supposed to go, you know, I couldn't move a centimeter. Centimeter, mm. I I couldn't move, and they had they had classic rock on for me, uh, and I was supposed not to remember any of it, but I can remember a bunch of songs I heard, and uh, it was uh, it was quite the experience. I, I was glad when it's over. <laughs> did they play? Did they play any songs that you were in? <laughs> no, they didn't play any songs I was on. Okay. So, <clears throat> sometimes uh, I don't know songs that I'm on. You know, a story from the book where where I'm listening to the radio and saying, you know, that's pretty good organ. Wait a minute. I think, I think, wow, that's weird. Somebody's stealing my licks. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's playing like I am. And then I go, oh, oh, that's me. I forgot I did the song. <laughs> that's a good story there too. You're like, hey, that's my lick. Hey, <laughs> getting ready to call the lawyer and oh wait, that is me. Um, wow. Also, want to mention too uh, in here the book is uh, the Music Health Alliance. Yeah, the Music Health Alliance. That's national. I was their first client. Oh wow! So and they uh, they did they talked to the hospital for me. They got me insurance. But I talked to the hospital too. But they, you know, they they booked the appointment and for the surgery and you know they were they were watching my back and I again I had a I had a GoFundMe page and I appreciate everybody that donated donated to that that was to pay for my aftercare and we raised seventeen thousand dollars so I was doing pretty good I didn't have to do thing but I still went out with Hank and uh it helped with my aftercare. It did. And music care has helped me too. So I was well off. Oh, that is good. Because I remember the part where you were saying, okay, you know, 
how much it costs. Well, 20000 was just the down payment. There'd be a whole lot more after that. And fortunately, uh, and, and who found that for you? Did Val find that as well? No, Val, uh, to um, Tatum, I forget her last name, Tatum at, at the, the American <laughs> the, uh, That's right, phone. that's right. I have to keep pushing the buttons. Um, or not pushing the buttons. It keeps changing on me. It keeps changing on me to where the where the dialing thing is. I can't talk on it. <laughs> well, listen. I, I know. I know. I've kept you longer than I, but I've got to get a couple more things in here because I am just so grateful to have you here. And let's see. Um, uh, I have a message from. Who is this? Oh, Ricky in Michigan and says, Okay. I love this guy. Thank you so much for having him on. This is one of my favorite episodes yet. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ricky. Ricky. We thank appreciate you, Ricky. you too. And uh Is it still cold in Michigan or is it is it getting getting warmer up there like it is here? Well, he just sent in a, a text message, so uh, I mean a, a message on Facebook. So I'll have to see if right. he answers that question too. Uh, also, uh, Julia, uh, and Julia is in Jacksonville. Julia says, "I've seen this guy so many times. Thank you so much for having him on. Can't wait to read the book. Uh, thank you so much, Julia." And thank you, Julia. One, one story, <laughs> it was so funny, that you talked about, well, actually, it wasn't in the book. Oh, but one thing you can get in the books, folks, as if there's not enough. I mean, Joey is one of the artists that gives and gives and gives to his fans. You even give your famous uh, spaghetti sauce recipe. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, it's one of some of the best spaghetti you'll ever have. And it's simple. All right. So, <laughs> Joey, you'll like you're it. A, if you like spaghetti, you'll like it. I do. And, Joey, you're a giver for sure. Um, <laughs> just, this is just so good. This is such a good book. Uh, East of the Sun Memoirs of an Accidental Rock Star, Joey Huffman. He's lived it and he lived through it. And then he lived to tell it to us. So, and keep on going and have more stories uh, published from Blue Room Books. And you can also find it on Amazon. And as I said, I'll be sharing the links to all of this. And also so you can keep up with Joey and where he's going to be next. Funny story, though, when I was watching the the uh, Hank Williams clip again, where I mean, from the, um, from the tribute. It was, from, uh, it was a tribute to Hank. Yeah, tribute and, to and Hank. back up. His backup band got to got to back up most of, most of the artists. And there was the one thing where was that fun? Yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. TV, so it was a little yeah. You get a little more nervous, but yeah, it was fun. Um, I and had you got to get our... the, I had hmm? to get the intro of. Uh, all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. I had to get that right. I was most nervous about that. 
Well, there's the thing is, all my rowdy friends, and there's Buddy Guy playing guitar, and yeah, Stephen Tyler singing it. And I remember when you were on before. This was is hilarious because I'm a southerner, but uh, when you said Stephen had a little trouble with the lyrics, like pig in the ground, he wasn't sure what it was, and I think he he probably thought y'all were just pulling his leg. Yeah, but he had no idea that that's how to barbecue a pig down south. (laughs) He was like in in that Boston accent going, what is this? What is you know? I can't I can't imitate him, but in pig in the ground. What's that? <laughs> Let's see. And you can imagine, you know, he didn't know if it was a euphemism, you know, what it was, or um, he probably had a moment of they're just probably just trying to pick on me because I'm not from there. Uh, yeah. But that was hilarious. But it was good. And Buddy Guy, of course, and lots of good shots yeah. of you. Yeah, I got some FaceTime, as they call it. <laughs> now, I'm also going to uh, make sure, too, that I add something, uh, some links to the Music Health Alliance because. Yes, do, because they help. They're helping everybody. And, and it's free. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, health care shouldn't be a luxury. Health care shouldn't be just for the wealthy. I saw somebody on no, Reddit recently a, called GoFundMe the backbone of American health system. Yeah. You know, I feel bad for the people who can't raise the money that they need. Um, you know, everybody knew me, so I raised a lot of money, but a lot of people have trouble raising the money and it's so sad so sad for so many reasons and you had uh, a lot of people a lot of your musician friends put on concerts for you and I think didn't uh, Val and and your daughter put that together yeah they put that together the one at uh, 20 um, Club 20 on on Roswell Road and uh and then they put another one together in Pikeville, my hometown, and Dave Perner came down and played, and the Kentucky Headhunters <gasps> played. But wow. it snowed that night, and they only had half half house, so they had to pay the bands, or not pay them, but they did it for free. But they had to pay the expenses, and they had to pay Dave's expenses. <laughs> Dave had a great time hanging out with some of my friends. Uh, they went back to my friend Neil's house and and smoked smoked a little marijuana <laughs> and and Dave Dave was quiet at home. Ah, uh, good, good. I like that. All right, Joey, I could uh, I had to I owe you an apology. I kept you longer than I told you would, but your your book is so good, East of the Sun. Memoirs of an Accidental Rockstar is such a good book and so many great stories. And I'm just so grateful to you for, I always say musicians, you know, and artists, you you open up your hearts, your souls with your talent and share with us. And you share things that uh, speak to us, that give us memories and help us get through life. And Well, thank you very much. Uh, I, that, he, 
that makes me humble. You know, I appreciate it. Uh, well, you do, and, I, and that is what uh, that's what helps. You know, it's what helps keep us going. Sometimes is is when artists like you who know how to write, who know how to make music, create, put it out there from your soul uh, and from your and with your talent, and give us things that help us understand what's going on in the world. Somebody told me uh, once, and I think in a, a acting class, you know, artists like you, Joey. Uh, are the priest of our culture. Yeah. And if you muse on that. that, you can? Yeah. And you can muse on that for a while and see it in several ways. You know, you reflect what we're going through and, and what we need to uh, help us keep going further. So I just want to thank you again for being so uh, generous with your time with me tonight uh, and generous with your stories and sharing with people. And I am just uh, so glad that you're here and so glad that I can call you friend. Well, me too. And I, it was, I was happy to be on here. Hell, I'll talk about myself for another hour if you wanted to. <laughs> okay. Well, you, I feel like I could, you've got so many people calling you. I have to give you a rest tonight, but, uh, but Joey, please come back soon. I will, you know, call me anytime. I'll, I'll co-host with you again. And this time I'll ask a question. That guy oh, talked yeah. so much. You didn't even have to ask him a question. Wait, you're talking to Ricky Bird, guitarist Ricky yeah. Bird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ricky's a great guy, too. He's so much fun. But people he, often he what don't. He was. He, he, he is fun. Uh, I do enjoy him. And, uh, yeah, next time, yeah, Joey, you're going to be uh, – we're going to be side by side. You're going to be asking the questions, so I can just, you know, turn the knobs and and uh, and get my uh, uh, messages from Megan about what's good and what's bad, and can she hear us? <laughs> so I think you're wonderful, and I'm so grateful too that you also have a lot of friends, people that love you, not just just fans, but actually so many people who are fans and who love you and who care about you. Uh, just to keep you going and make sure you stayed with us. And Joey, uh, I appreciate all back. those people. I will. I will. All right. All right. And uh, again, well, so we got Charles Mason coming up soon. Uh, we got Kiff Vanderhoeven and more coming soon. And thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you, Joey Huffman. And you're welcome. I love y'all. And you know what I always say. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. I think you're wonderful. And as I think, everybody's got Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.